Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. Shep Hyken here, and we are back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio, and we are going to have a great show today because... Paul Selby from ServiceNow. And just the name ServiceNow should tell you that today we're going to have a great show. But Paul Selby from ServiceNow is going to be talking to us about all things related to, well, customer service. So a few quick things before we get into this amazing interview. And that is, if you've got a story or you've got a question that you would like me to answer or respond to, you can send this to any one of the social media channels that I'm on. And I'm pretty much everywhere, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and more. And remember, just use the hashtag AskShep, and I'll answer the questions you send in either on the show or in my newsletter or direct on the social channel that you're reaching out on. And finally, don't forget about my new TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home, which can be found on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Prime, C-Suite TV, and we even have episodes on YouTube. And we are always putting informative segments on there with another type of amazing guest interview. But again, it's TV. I think you're going to love it. It's fun. And uh, so be sure to tune in. That's amazing. Uh, Be amazing or go home. All right, let's jump into the interview. Are you ready, Paul? I am, Shep. So am I. So welcome to Amazing Business Radio. A little bit about Paul. He is the product marketing director for customer or for ServiceNow, and his product he focuses on is the customer service management product. And Paul and I first met when I did a tour for ServiceNow. We started on the East Coast and we headed west, and we uh, hit a bunch of different cities talking about all things related to customer service. So now uh, we have you on this show, and you're going to share some of your insight with us rather than me sharing insight with with your audience. So, Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Shep. This is an honor and a privilege, and um, I look forward to uh, working with you today and and answering any questions that you might have. Um, Just a little bit about me. I've been with ServiceNow for about three years now, and I have a deep background in customer service. I actually got started in a contact center for uh, a technology company answering tech support calls. And I worked my way up into management. And, uh, you know, I thought I had problems when I was working with upset customers when they couldn't get things to print. It's a completely different game when you have to manage sets of people that are having to manage the problems of those customers and trying to find better ways to do your work. And uh, what's amazing is that was over 20 years ago. And uh, I just can't seem to get out of customer service. Well, I'm glad that you're here because if, I think if, if it weren't for you, I wouldn't have worked with ServiceNow. And hey, I'm going to do this right on the air. When are you going to have me back? No, I'm just kidding. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to put you on this spot. We, we're, we're working on plans. We're, I'm we're just thinking kidding. About things. I'm just kidding. But I think we did like five cities together. We did Atlanta. I, I think you were at almost all of them, if not all of them, Atlanta, Chicago, Boston. Um, I know we did headquarters out in California. Mm-hmm. I think if there was somewhere else in between. But anyway, we had a lot of fun. Well, let's jump into it. Uh, there's a number of topics I want to talk about. I've been uh, reading your articles, which are showing up just about everywhere, and I really love the articles. If you just Google Paul Selby, you will find probably a list of some of the places uh, that he has written. I think uh, Customer Think mm-hmm. is the place you go. Uh, have I seen your articles in Forbes? Uh, 
I believe so. uh, I've, I've, I've had some stuff in Forbes. I've also, uh, I syndicate some of my stuff out also to the business to community side as well. Ah, yeah, very good. So anyway, check out, there's a lot of great information all over the place, but Paul's spot on when it comes to customer service and experience. So let's start off talking about the topic of self-service and proactive service. Sure. So here at ServiceNow, there's a couple of things that we believe make us a little bit different from, say, your typical CRM vendor out there, and it's the focus on self-service and proactive service. And the way that we're able to really make that possible is through the fact that the ServiceNow platform is based on a workflow engine. And mm -hmm. so if, if you think about something like self-service, what you are providing out to a customer is the ability to do something, right? It could be I've lost my credit card and I need to get a new one or I need to register the warranty for my product or something like that. Now, years and years ago, that meant calling into customer service, right? And, and being subject to the hours that they were open and maybe waiting in a phone queue and, you know, then making that request of whoever answered the phone. And, you know, recently a lot more companies have realized it's a lot easier to provide this service directly to their customers online and you know, have them answer a couple of questions and basically bypass that whole request process going through customer service and get it to the part of the company that can actually fulfill it and fulfill it quickly. That's gonna make the customer happy, right? They're gonna get their credit card back faster. They're gonna start their warranty period or whatnot faster. Um, and again, it means less work on the part of the company, less paperwork, less you know, people moving things around in order to accomplish something for the customer. I also think it, it, it gets the customer information quicker, so that makes them happier. Also gets the, um, the agents to be working on something at a higher level than some of the basic things. So you mentioned this concept, and, and by the way, I'm reading from a list of different topics and ideas that not only that you sent, but I've seen in some of your articles. And I think self-service, uh, while proactive service doesn't tie into self-service, you have them linked together. Um, so talk to us a little bit about proactive service, what that means, and how you feel it's linked to self-service. Sure. So in terms of proactive service, what we're talking about there is, you know, so much of service today is reactive in nature. Uh, an organization is basically standing by and, and waiting to assist customers when they have issues. And certainly there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, I mentioned that when customers call in, first of all, they don't want to have to call in or they don't want to have to send that email or, or even necessarily to go do self-service because they just want you to anticipate that a problem is occurring for them and fix it for them. So that's really what we're talking about with proactive service. And one of the things that we do as a company is we provide analytics and other technologies that allow companies to get a sense for, you know, what's going on potentially in my customer world. What's something that they could be experiencing? Is it something that could potentially affect all of them? Is it something that could potentially affect some of them? And whatever that case might be, let's reach out to them proactively to say, look, we're aware of this problem. And either, you know, if it's something like technology, sometimes you can push a patch out or something like that, right? A, a new version of an app or something like that. In, in cases where that's not possible, what you can do is rely back on self-service to say, look, we know that you're probably having this issue with the setup instructions for you know, this new appliance or something that you got. We realize we omitted a step or, or a step isn't clear. What we've done is we've created this knowledge base article. Here it is, click here, you can go read it, you can print it out, whatever you need to do. But now again, we've bypassed that need for the customer to go 
call in, wait on a phone line, and basically tell that customer service department, I'm experiencing that problem that 95% of your other customers are also experiencing. And basically what you're hearing is other customers telling you, hey, there's a problem. And then you're taking that, well, gosh, if, if one person does it, okay, I'm going to check this. But if a bunch of people are calling in with the same problem, you're going, okay, I'll bet you that this is a tiny percentage of our audience out there, our customer base. Let's be proactive and let everybody know, hey, this is something that's been brought to our attention. So, which brings me to something I want you to think about. I don't want you to answer it right now, but I want you to think, if, if we got so good at this proactive service, what if things were so perfect that you didn't even need to call or contact customer service. I want you to think about that. I want everybody to think about that. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about that and much more here on Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Paul Selby of ServiceNow. Paul, what if we were in utopia, uh, at least customer service utopia? What uh, if the experience was so incredible that we never had to call customer service. We had a need for service. What would that look like? Is that what we're really trying to achieve here? You know, I, I think, I, I hate to sound negative. I, I think it's challenging and here's why. Everybody has kind of that different learning experience or that upbringing or, or whatever you want to call it where something that might seem clear to people, to everybody, isn't always the case. And that's the struggle that you have with things like user experience, user interfaces, and things like that. Do people always understand what those symbols mean on those buttons, right? And so even if you could get rid of all of the problems that inhibit people from using a product or service, I think you're still always going to have people calling up that have a question uh, or even have a comment, right? They might say, you know what? I like using this, but it'd be so much better if it did this also, right? Because we're always expecting more as human beings. And so I don't think customer service ever really goes away. I mean, I think that you can certainly mitigate those big, you know, troublesome issues that are causing customers real strife, but you're always going to have some kind of need for customer service, in my opinion. Yeah. So uh, Jeff Bezos, who I, I, I wish I could say I know and love, but how about I just love because everything the guy has done in business, you say, wow, totally customer focused. But there's something he didn't do. In the beginning, there was no phone number to reach out to Amazon to call them when there was a problem. And do you know why? Because, I mean, at least this is the way the legend goes. And I don't know if you're familiar with this story, Paul. Do you know, so I, I think I do, but please fill me in. So he basically said, if we're so good, the customer should never have to call us. <laughs> uh, wow. Now there's a heck of a goal, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, certainly I, I can see that. I can see that being a, a great 
goal to shoot for. The other thing that I think about though, is I think about like my parents, right? And they'll probably, I would say they're now very used to writing an email. I don't think they would ever chat with customer service. God forbid that, 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 that sounds like beyond something that they would ever do, but they're always going to look for that phone number first. And I've even gotten calls from my parents to say, I'm trying to call such and such company. Can you help me find a phone number for them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, you said, I don't think they would chat, you know, in, in uh, old people's uh, language, old, like your age and mine, and we're really not that old, a chat might mean an actual conversation on the phone. But what <laughs> you're referring to as chat is the, uh, uh, the customer service online chat, which might be chat human to human, but oftentimes is now a chat bot who is interacting with you as if it's a human. So mm -hmm. I, is that right? Is that, I, I assume that's what you mean. I just want to give clarification. You are absolutely correct. And, and um, I, I think it would freak them out if they knew they were speaking with a chat bot. I think they'd always <laughs> think it was a human being. So I was talking to a client who says, yeah, we've got this great digital chat bot that we're, it's so good that it recognizes when the customer is having, uh, like, it, it knows when the customer doesn't understand the issues or that the chat bot's responding in a way that's not much making the customer happy. So it seamlessly switches to the human, which I think is a great way to escalate by seamlessly doing it. It's effortless. It's, it's just easy. It, it, what could be better than that? Um, so yeah, let's talk about, uh, those, those aging parents. Uh, you know, I don't know if my mom would, would, uh, get on the computer and type back and forth with a chatbot, but you're right about the phone. Our, our customers, uh, need a phone number to call regardless of how good our digital experience is. And here's why, is because there needs to be human backup. Because with, even with Amazon, why do they have a phone number now? You can actually get to, now actually what they'd rather do is call you. So you go online and you get to a point and, and it says, hey, if you're having trouble, just click here, put your phone number in, we'll call you right away. And they always call within literally, sometimes it seems like seconds, not minutes. Mm -hmm. But the point Jeff Bezos was trying to make is he wanted to be that good. The customer would never have to call. But then one day the customer didn't get their shipment. And whose fault was it? Well, it wasn't Amazon's fault because it went out the door. It was post office, UPS, FedEx, whatever the carrier was, the shipment had been lost or delayed. And the customer didn't know who to call, but Amazon, which is why there needs to be a phone call or a phone number. Even if it's not your, your fault, you still need to give access to your customers to reach out to you. So anyway, that was, that's the way the legend goes is he wanted to be so good that we didn't even need a number. That would be truly amazing. <laughs> yep. so, which is why we call it amazing business radio. Exactly. Yes. All right. So let's talk about technology for just a few minutes here. Um, and then uh, the chatbot is one. Is there anything new coming down the pike that you see that, that the typical general public has not been ex exposed to yet? in the world of customer service? I watch a lot of different spaces and ServiceNow is obviously a technology company and we have a chat bot and, and we have other forms of self-service and we definitely want to keep our fingers on the pulse of not only what the technology is, is capable of, but we want to provide what our customers' customers are asking for. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, again, use the, the telephone as an example. You have to have that number. You have to maintain that channel. All the studies show that that channel as a contact point continues to, to drop in numbers. And yet 
it still has double digits, right? It still shows up on the radar for things that need to be done. But in terms of things, you know, that, that we see out there that are that are coming, uh, that seem very interesting. I mean, obviously, you have a lot of the, uh, you know, call it the next generation of voice assistant, where you're able to call into a company. So, so again, back on the phone, uh, maybe it's VoIP or or some other technology like that. But it's still a voice-to-voice interaction, and that interaction on the company side is driven entirely by AI and by you know machine learning and technologies that make it sound almost like you're speaking with another human being. Now, that's all fine and dandy, but kind of back to one of the points you made earlier about we're always going to need people. We're not to the point yet where that, that voice at the other end that's being driven by technology can really feel for the customer, can really you know, share that, that, that issue that they're having, have empathy for them. And I mean, even though you can, you can program the thing to say that, the problem that I have with that as a consumer uh, and as someone who is in the technology space is, you know, it's, it's not super genuine. I mean, you, you can say, yeah, I, I feel this way for you. But when you add that machine layer, I think people have a harder time accepting that. And I think that that can have negative impacts on, on your brand, you know, on, on, on that perception that customers have of you. Um, but I think that's the next big one. And, and the reason why I see that too is, if you look at this this generation, I'm, I'm going to sound old again here, Shep, so bear with me, <laughs> but I have kids and when I'm conversing with them, say, you know, over text messages and things like that, things are getting shortened. You, you know, the art of, of typing, the art of actually putting strings of words together and using punctuation and things like that is unfortunately not a high priority i would say for a lot of people and so you see the rise of emoticons you see the rise of of symbols and um, a lot of uh, acronyms right and um some of those acronyms i have to go back and look up right on my on my computer to say i don't know what my kid is saying to me what (laughs) what does this acronym mean (laughs) exactly so um anyway if we take it back to voice and we take it back to this ability to understand what someone is saying i think you you eliminate one of those barriers because i think that one of the reasons why typing goes away or, or why, why people have gone to you know, shorthand, if you will, when it comes to communications, we're all about trying to get things done faster. And I can't think of a faster way to do it than simply to speak, right? And, and to share, this is what my problem is. This is how I want it solved. Please help me with this. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to the day that I can, I don't really care if it's a human being or a uh, voice interactive response type system. But when I feel that that system is as good as talking to a human being, because uh, I just hate for the, I mean, I, when I call the airlines, they're always repeating everything I say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that, that's not the way normal conversation flows, but that's where we're headed. And when we get there, by golly, it's going to be pretty cool, but it, it's getting closer and closer. Every six months, I notice a big jump. All right. Yep. Time for another quick break. When we come back here, amongst other things, I want to talk a little bit about the idea of culture and philosophy and how that matters to your organization. We're talking with Paul Selby of ServiceNow. This is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Are you ready to be amazing? Of course you are. And that's why you tune into Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing here, you're going to love my new TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. 
each episode is devoted to sharing ideas to help you be amazing in both your business and personal lives. We also feature an app or technology every week that you're going to find fascinating, and we always have at least two guests on the show. The show is now available on Amazon Prime, Roku, C-Suite TV, and more, so the choice is yours. Be amazing or go home. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Paul Selby. Paul, culture, it's important to a business. It's so important uh, they, that some, uh, I don't know, some wise person, Peter Drucker, uh, Deming said, uh, culture eats strategy for lunch. But uh, culture and philosophy matters. Customers feel the difference. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. Sure. So I, you think about who is driving that business, right? Who is making sure that everybody gets paid? Who's making sure the light's down? And it's the customers. And the people that are interacting with those customers the most are the people in customer service. And, you know, when a company, I hate to say it, pays lip service, oh, you know, customers are so important to us. We, we put our customers first. And they're not really doing that there's two effects there, right? First of all, the customers are going to notice that. They're, they're going to pick up on this and they're going to pack up their bags and they're going to move on. But the other people that pay attention to this are, of course, the customer service people. And, you know, I mentioned early on, I was actually in a customer facing position where, you know, I was taking call after call every day and working with customers. And when you don't have the backing of the company, and that backing comes in a lot of different ways. It, it's in policies that say that you can go above and beyond for those customers. Uh, it's also in seeing when a customer is having a problem that the company is going to go that extra mile to fix it for that customer, but also to fix it so that future customers don't experience it, right? Taking that input and going, that's really something wrong. And, and we need to address that and ensure that our customer experience is as smooth as possible. When a company isn't doing that, it, it's just not the real customer oriented culture that you know, they would have you believe. Mm, yep. And, and I've said it many times on the show, what's happening on the inside of a company is felt on the outside by the customer. And uh, so that culture is, it's throughout the entire organization. Leadership has to define it. They have to communicate it. They have to train everybody to it. People on the front line though, they need to share what they're learning about what customers are saying and take it back. And it's just, it's like this endless loop is how I feel. And it's a good loop, by the way. I like it. It's not an exhausting loop, but it's necessary. No, absolutely. Uh, there is a quote that I like to draw up, and it actually comes from someone from within a very large telecommunications company. And he said, customer service is what happens when the customer experience breaks. And I like to think of customer service as ground zero uh, or you know, the telemetry that serves, how can we make that customer experience better? You can't maybe fix absolutely everything, because again, you know, some people react differently to different things, um, but the more you're learning, the more of that input that you can take back and say, you know what, more than half of our customers are saying this to us, or it's experiencing this, we've got to fix it. And then going and doing that, that's, that's important. All right. So I like your, your take on this because um, I've heard customer service happens when things go wrong and, you know, customer service happens when CX breaks, customer experience breaks. That indicates that that's, that, so I'm going to fight you on this one a little bit. Not looking for an argument. Uh, <laughs> I'm not looking to be adversarial here, but I'm going to tell you my philosophy has always been customer service. There is a department 
but it's really a philosophy, which is what we just talked about. So it's when something breaks, yes, they may call the customer service team, but um, so I'm not, I, I buy into the idea and I think it's a great quote. I think it's even worth tweeting out customer service uh, happens when customer experience breaks. But I want to emphasize if we're talking about a culture that recognizes that the customer service department is part of a customer service culture, not the customer service department where it's the only place that customer service happens. Oh, no, I, you're not going to get any argument from me on that. I, I completely agree. I think that what customer service can do, if, if I think back again to my times in a contact center, we would get calls on a rich gamut <laughs> of, of things that customers experience. We might send them a flyer, right? A, a physical flyer by mail. We might send them an email. We might. So there's a marketing aspect to it. There's a billing aspect to it. There's all these different ways that you're interacting with a customer that in some way, shape or form are feeding back into customer service mm -hmm. and, and where that culture needs to be built is around the fact that a, when customer service contacts you, wherever you are in the company and they're raising an issue that customers are experiencing, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's good thing. It's an opportunity. It's a huge opportunity. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I tie that to customer experience because everybody is trying to, you know, have that smooth as silk customer experience uh, as smooth as they possibly can. Uh, but it's this insight that they wouldn't have had otherwise. I mean, they may have thought that whatever this contribution they were making to the overall company was going to be a great thing. But customers are really good about not knowing jargon and, and not knowing you know, this inside information that you might have in, in whatever this communication is or this activity is that has come out before the customer. And so, you know, they're going to call you on it. And this is a great learning opportunity to say, you know what, I thought I knew the customer and I don't. And here's what I need to do to make that better, not only for the customer, but, but also to demonstrate on behalf of the rest of the company that yes, we have the right culture to respond to these things. And that's where the, the right culture is gonna make that department that you call customer service look even better. All right, we are down to the final question and you know what it is, it's the one thing question, a little nugget you wanna leave with us or something you wanna emphasize. Paul, what's that? So I, I think it kind of goes back to our last conversation which is really around the fact that customer service is a powerful tool in this arsenal that you have in, in this toolbox that you have of working with customers and in order to not only take advantage you know fully of what they have to offer you, you've got to give them all the tools so that they can serve customer faster get them to resolution faster and all that but at the same time you've got to respond to that input that they have that says this thing that we're doing over here is just not working we've, we've got to make it better or we've got to take this input that customers have and fold it into what we do because ultimately by responding to things like that, it's going to make us a stronger company and a, and a stronger product or service uh, in, in front of our customers. All right. Amen. An amazing answer to an important concept and question. Paul Selby from ServiceNow. Thanks a million for being on the show. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. You're amazing, Ship. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you. All right, everybody, that wraps up another episode of our show. Uh, next week, we're going to have another great interview, so be sure to tune in for that. So until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs> <laughs>